activate the view screen and turn on your universal translators because it is time for another Galactic Netcast. Brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at audibletrial.com slash galacticnetcasts. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Hell fart damn. Diddly italy darn doodly. It's Thursday, October 10th, 2013, and welcome to another Galactic Netcast. This is the time-traveling robots in space, number 67. Excuse me. Uh, From Waterloo, Iowa, I'm Dave Nelson. And filling in for our two usual other hosts are two other people. Um, First... I don't know who's filling in for who. I think, uh, Matt, I think you're filling in for Paul because you were the first one called. Uh, Paul couldn't make it this week, so we called in our our good friend uh, Matt Stein from the Sci-Fi Film School. How are you, Matt? I'm good. How are you? Uh, Excellent. And uh, we must must ask you, because you always drink... Uh, beer on the podcast. Uh, what kind Make me of sound like an alcoholic? What, well, they're not just normal beers. They're they're craft beers. They're unique, unusual beers. So, what kinds oh, of beers? Craft you beers. Craft. Okay. No, <laughs> not, not crap not beers. Cra- crap. No. Um, I actually have three. Wow. I, well, I just I only I don't have big bottles. I only have small ones. Um, I have my homebrew from October, which is a chocolate pumpkin porter. What, what Which do you, turned out really do you, well. Do you got a name for it? Uh, no. Delicious. Okay. That's good enough. I don't know. I just tried it. It actually turned out. So, uh, I also have an Ichabod pumpkin ale and Sam Adams Oktoberfest. All right. Well, Sam Adams, that's, is that, that's kind of mainstream for you. Yeah. Yes. I, it was Sell in my, out. <laughs> it was in my fridge from like a sampler six pack I got last week and I hadn't drank it yet. So, okay. uh-huh. here we are. Yes. Next, you're going to be drinking Miller Lite. <laughs> yeah, no, that's not going to happen. <laughs> there isn't a case of Coors Light in my refrigerator. Wow. That, must just, that must just taste like water after drinking all these great beers. It's bad. My wife, really, she prefers that, so that's why we have it. But, all right. I, you know, if I'm in party mode, I will drink Coors Light till I can't feel feelings. Okay, good Good to know. All right, the other, the other sound, the other voice that you hear, the giggling that you hear is... Um, Brad Ludwig, who's usually on the Alien Invasion, uh, he is filling in for his girlfriend and our host on this show, Anessa Moyens. How you doing, Brad? <laughs> I'm doing all right. I'm confusing myself. I don't know I, who's what and where and how. And I just noticed Matt's got a a, a fall theme to his his beer drinking. Yeah, definitely. This is my favorite time of year. If it's got pumpkin in it, I ingest it. If it like was... pumpkin pie, pumpkin bars, pumpkin bread. Uh, I have pumpkin pudding. I ate pumpkin M&Ms. I did drink black pumpkin spice coffee because it's black like my soul. You know, <laughs> you know, Matt really brings a new um, flavor to to our shows when he comes it, on. It's called ornery. Yeah. Uh, I assumed it was just going to be pumpkin. <laughs> 
All right, so this is the podcast where we discuss things associated with uh, the genres of time travel, robots in space. Not just the genres, but the real life applications to these three subjects. Um, we do it by Something running, like that. yeah, we do it by running down a news story from each topic. Discuss our related entertainment picks. I hope you guys both have picks. Did you bring some picks to the table? It was rough, but I I grabbed a comic book. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's stretching it, Brad. I I know with the four thousand I have behind me, it, yeah. it's really and the uh, closet full of uh, graphic novels. It's it's tough. It's it's really tough. Wow, is there there that much room in your mom's basement? <laughs> wow, what a zinger! <sighs> All right, so uh, we got we got the news stories, we got the picks, and then we do the uh, question of the week for our audio subscribers. If you'd like to see us record the show the show live i don't know why you would uh you can follow yeah. us on twitter facebook or google plus we'll tell you when and where that's going to be or watch us after the fact at uh, youtube.com slash galactic netcasts all right are you guys ready to start this thing yes oh, chef yeah. okay Sector one. Time travel. all right and this is kind of a bleed over from the alien invasion podcast but if people don't listen to that podcast this will be new to you um, lost Doctor Who episodes have been recovered, and they're now available on iTunes. Now, me and uh, or Brad and I, use proper English, are big fans of the Doctor Who. I'm guessing that Matt, you are not. Uh, no. You made me watch an episode once for Sci-Fi Film School. Oh, that's right. Um, and it wasn't bad, but I don't know. I'd rather do things like touch boobs. Your own or your wife's? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, I guess you're going to be zoning out during this story. So uh, I will listen yeah. intently because your voice is like an angel. Okay. All right. <laughs> Take five, Stein. Drink a beer. It'll be fine. All right. Absolutely. So uh, during a BBC press conference today, it was announced that a stash of uh, missing Doctor Who episodes have been discovered in Nigeria, Africa, and uh, remastered. Uh, the serials The Enemy of the World and The Web of Fear are now available exclusively through iTunes. And I read Nigeria, and I was thinking scam for just a brief moment. Yeah. Continue. <laughs> those Nigerians scamming us with those fake found Doctor Who episodes. I don't know. The, the prince of Nigeria emails me a lot about the trillions of dollars he has for me. Now now watch uh, the new the new theme of the emails. They're all about Doctor Who from Doctor now Doctor Who episodes. Yeah. <laughs> we There'd be neckbeards worldwide we, just no, no, shelling out money. No, this is this is this is the scenario for these emails. I have hey. these I have these found Doctor Who episodes and I need two million dollars to uh, to um, restore them. FedEx them across the ocean <laughs> yeah, to yeah, the yeah. BBC. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So eleven episodes were discovered by a guy by the name of Philip Morris. It's not the cigarette guy. He's the director of Television International Enterprises Archive. He found these by tracking records of tape shipments made by by the BBC to Africa for transmission. Now, now, Matt, the way they used to uh, do things back in the 1960s, these are like all from 1967, 68. They would broadcast the show on BBC. And then they would ship copies overseas to their affiliates all around the world. And then after like a few, uh, few showings, they would actually destroy the tape or tape over the tape. 
Back so in they, my day. they didn't have the internet in the 60s? No, they I don't didn't. Get no, it. no, they didn't have the that internet until. Dave, I'm kidding. Yeah, I know. I know. It's gone horribly wrong. I actually didn't know that they destroyed or recorded over the tapes, but then how how do you have shows from the 60s that you can still Well, well they didn't destroy all of them. They only destroyed some of them. Um, Fair enough. There's 106, I believe, episodes still missing. Well, 106 minus these. How many are there, Brad? Of these, Sorry? eleven, eleven. So yeah, eleven. So we're now we're now under a hundred episodes that are still missing, and 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 these are all like really short episodes. They're the 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 original Doctor Who is only like a half hour long. Yep. So so it's not like they're hour long episodes. But it was it was serialized, so you had to keep watching. Yeah. Mm. So this this web of fear and the enemy of the world, they're all like complete stories, and what they did was they. And we were guessing this on the Alien Invasion podcast was they've had these for a while because they're already remastered. They're remastered. They're in pristine condition. Um, one of the promotional videos shows a before and after. It's very grainy. And then co- compared to the, the new version, which is nice and crystal clear, I'm sure they, the tweak, they tweaked the sound a little bit as well. These were Patrick Troughton era episodes. Patrick Troughton was the second Dr. Matt. Uh, we're now on the 11th Doctor, so um, this is early on. Just giving you an education on Doctor Who. Well, I, I knew that it was fairly frequently the Doctor changed, and they played they like right into the show. Yeah, he he. He's... So I'm not as dumb as I look. Okay, thank you. At least you know that. <laughs> well, I've spent enough time with you, and we did talk about Doctor Who once that yeah. I, I learned a thing or two. Yeah. So now you can't say that I never pay attention to these things because I just proved that I do. Yes. I'm. I'm. Sorry, I, I apologize. What? Exactly. <laughs> I'm confused. It's okay. <clears throat> All right. So, um, yeah, these these episodes uh, were from 1967 and 1968, and the second one, the Web of Fear, introduced the character of Colonel Lethbridge Stewart, who later turns up as Brigadier Lethbridge Stewart, and wasn't he the last time that he was mentioned? was in a David Tennant-era episode, right, Brad? No, actually, um, I think The Power of Three, which was uh, one of the uh, last few uh, Amy and Rory. Oh, that's right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His his daughter is running Unit. Okay. There's a part of Unit. Okay, all right. Uh, Unit, Matt, stands for United Nations. I'm surprised I've kissed the girl, knowing that fact. (laughs) (laughs) Your mom doesn't count. Boom! Wow. And there Sorry, it is. He, he makes it too easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Your wife Anyways, doesn't complain. <sighs> so, <laughs> Doctor Who recovered. Uh, they're on iTunes now, digitally remastered. And there's there's rumors and there's feelings on both me and Brad's part that there's more episodes to come that they haven't revealed that they're they're still working on. Um, so, their BBC are a big bunch of liars, basically. I bet this is some big like marketing ploy. Well, obviously it's the it's the it's the show's fiftieth anniversary this year. So oh. this is perfect timing. Perfect timing. Yes, it is. All right, so uh that's story, uh that's our time travel story this week. Uh we would love your feedback on what we're talking about on the show. So uh, a couple of different ways you can go about doing that. You can email galacticnetcasts at gmail.com. Again, that's galacticnetcasts at gmail.com. 
Or you can call our voicemail number, and that is 805-328-3966. 805-328-3966. And uh, we thank you for any feedback, both positive or negative. All right, let's move on to our next subject, which would be the following. All right, and Brad, or Matt, this is your story. Matt, what do you got? And you should be proud of me. I actually read this before. I didn't just like show up ten minutes early and you know run my oh, way through it, but good, uh, good job. Yeah, I didn't want to work today, so I did it at work. Anyways, <laughs> um, <laughs> nice. Basically, it's talking about robots. Go figure. Um, but it was uh, in the future when you have a robot, would you prefer it to look like a uh, like a robot or a person? And it's got me thinking because uh, you see a lot of movies where they look like people and crazy stuff happens and vice versa. But uh, it turns out that uh, it depends on how old you are and what task the robot is assigned to do, hmm. which was interesting to me uh, because I didn't really think it would matter. Although I'm assuming if you want this robot to go out in public with you, you'd like it to look like a person. If it's doing your dishes, you probably don't really care what it looks like. But uh, researchers <laughs> recruited 64 people, uh, half between the ages of 18 to 23 and the other half between 75 and 85, and asked them to judge a series of would-be robot mugshots. Lineup included four human faces, four mixed cyborg human faces, and four robot faces. <laughs> Wait a second. I can just see these, these robots actually <laughs> in front of a mugshot board, turning to the right, turning to the left. You know, and giving those like, uh, who, me looks? You're like, <laughs> just pointing to the guy yeah, next to him. <laughs> All right, continue, my friend. <laughs> uh, when asked which of the faces the participants would most desire their uh, personal assistant to have, the younger group leaned in favor of a classic robot look, whereas more than half the older crowd preferred the human in appearance robot. Uh, very few of the participants chose the robot human hybrids. Uh, those who picked robotic faces expected that human-looking machines would be victim to human weakness. Uh, humans lie, but machines don't. That uh, was a quote. And, uh, yeah, it was kind of crazy to think of because I guess I never personally thought about it. Like, I just assumed if you had a robot, you know, let me rephrase that. When you think about the future, if you think about having a robot in your house, did you ever really put much thought into what it would look like? No, I was thinking... Uh, Cherry 2000. Yeah. There's that. Yep. Um, you can go that route, or you can go the whole, uh, the maid from the Jetsons. What are you doing, Brad? Oh. Yeah, that's so an they, attractive uh, looking robot there. Got a Photoshop tutorial book the other day, and working oh. on a project. And this has a robot that's kind of got little panels off of the side of the face and neck. She's got wire sticking out of it. Some pretty funky cool. eyebrows too. Yep. Cool. Yeah. No. This is a different. This is an interesting question because uh, you don't want something. You either want a robot to look exactly like a human. Because if you get one that kind of looks like a human, that's off-putting, right? It's like you hit the uncanny valley. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Ho ho ho. Oh wait, that's something else. Sorry. Yeah. But then the great thing about the great thing about uh, you know non-human looking robots is you can make them look like anything you want and like goofy looking, you know, to give them a little bit more personality. 
Like the Jetsons. I want the Matt Stein robot. You don't want... You can't handle this jelly. <laughs> so, Matt, Matt, if you were a robot, what would, what would you want to do? What would, what would your task be? Uh, slap Brad. Oh. Can crusher. That's great. Yeah, just... Yep. Um, well, you have a lot of experience in that. No, you're, you drink bottles. Bottles. Mainly. I'm yeah. a bottle guy. Yep. I don't know. It's a good question. Um, I don't know, like flip burgers somewhere. That's Play the drums. a pretty menial well, job for a robot, right? Yeah, but it's something that if I, it's something that I wouldn't mind doing, and the pay doesn't matter because I'm a robot. So <laughs> maybe like, you're, maybe you're like Bender. You'd be, you know what? That's you. You're Bender, be Bender the robot because he drinks beer. <laughs> there we go. Kiss my shiny tin ass. All right. So there's there's other aspects of this, right? When it when um. Of the story or this the survey, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, when the researchers recontextualized the scenario by picking a new job for the robot, the participants shifted their opinions of what the robot should look like. Uh, if the robot would be a cleaning or house performing other mundane tasks, they largely agreed that it should look like a machine. <clears throat> On the other hand, if it was being uh, entrusted to make serious decisions, like help a person uh, socially or dole out advice, uh, they felt that it should look human because it would seem smarter. Smarter is in quotations. Uh, nearly all patients agreed that a robot that helps them with intimate tasks such as bathing should most definitely not look human. <laughs> Although, you know, a, a good-looking female robot, you know, I wouldn't well, mind that. Uh, the first thing that well, came to mind probably shouldn't be talked about, but you get an awkward boner around a robot, one thing leads to another, you got to go to the hospital because the robot won't let go. Oh, yeah. Malfunction. Yeah. Well, we saw that, uh, that story about the guy in England that had his penis in the toaster. Yeah. Oh, there was an episode of the Big Bang Theory where uh, Wallowitz had the robot, and then he had to go to the hospital because the robot won't let go. <laughs> See, this, is, this has all been thought about. This has all been Absolutely. thought of. Yeah. This is nothing new. Nothing new at all. Interesting story. It's it's interesting um, psycho not psychology. Is that the right term? I'm looking for yeah. Brad. Psycho yeah, psychology. Yeah, it would be. Well, yeah. looking at the first part of this story, you've got 18 to 23, and they're cool with it looking non-human. Yeah. Because they're more accepting of that. But you've got the older folks there, 75 to 85, that don't trust newfangled objects, and if it doesn't look like a person, then it shouldn't be doing stuff. <laughs> Back in my day. Wow, you do that too well. Yeah, you, I know. That's right? the best thing that Brad does right there. <laughs> that's the only thing that I do well. Everything there, else is just crap. The, there was a part of this article I didn't include um, where they thought that the young people ex liked the non-human-looking robots because because of Battlestar Galactica, because they don't trust the the, <laughs> the skin jobs. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah. <clears throat> Especially when they start showing up and you know the same the same model over and over again. I thought I killed you. Or or if you're having sex with one and their spine lights yeah. up. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That's. You don't want seconds on that. Yeah. That's a. That's or a. Maybe you do. That's I don't a know. red flag right there. All right. So um, that's it. That's it for robots. Thank you very much, Matt. Great job. Hey, uh, we want to thank uh, Audible.com for sponsoring the time-traveling robots in space. And guess what? If you like the books but don't have the time to read them, this is perfect, especially if you have a commute every day. 
Um, and you can get it for free for 30 days. Uh, just go to audibletrial.com slash galactic netcast and sign up for your free 30 days. And that will give you or get you a free book. And may we suggest to go along with the theme of this podcast, a book called Gravity. And it's not based on the movie. Although it's got very similar themes. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. So it's by an author by the name of Tess Gerdeson. And here's a brief synopsis. Emma Watson, a brilliant research physician. And brilliant actress. Yes. It is the name of an actress, right? Emma mm-hmm. Emma Watson? Okay. Uh, Hermione, yeah. She's been training for years for a mission of a lifetime to study living beings in space. Once aboard the International Space Station, things start going wrong. Of course they do. A uh, culture of single-celled single organisms gathered from the deep sea are to be monitored in the microgravity of space. Um, the true and lethal nature of this experiment has not been revealed to NASA. In space, the cells rapidly multiply and soon begin to infect the crew with agonizing and deadly results. A recovery... <laughs> A recovery attempts, attempt ends in cat- catastrophe. Uh, the NASA shuttle killing all on board, and the space station is left dangerously crippled. See, this sounds exactly like gravity, doesn't it? Sort of. I'm going I'm to bring up something when we, when we do my story here. Okay. Um, and then Emma's tr- uh, stranded. They try to get her back to Earth, and they can't. Anyways, that's And gra- she's dying in space, the end. Okay, Audible, yes. Audibletrial.com <laughs> slash Galactic Netcast. You can pick this as your pick, or you can uh, find one of your own choosing. But you get your first one free. It's just like a drug dealer. You get the first one free, then you have to pay. Uh, 30-day free trial at galacticnetcasts.audibletrial.com uh, uh, slash Galactic Netcast. And we thank... Audible for their support of the time-traveling robots in space. All right, let's move on to uh, the final uh, uh, topic, and it is this. Sector 3, space. Sombor a little laggy tonight. All right. A little bit. All right, Anessa. (laughs) Sorry, I didn't have time to change that. Go ahead, Brad. (laughs) So uh, kind of... Dovetailing into uh, our Audible pick there, uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson, Gravity Facts Are Wrong, and this is about the movie Gravity. Okay, before before you go on, Brad, Matt, do you know who Neil deGrasse Tyson is? I spent a lot of time on Reddit, so yes. Okay, all right. Okay, continue. <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, among the many people who went to see the movie Gravity last weekend was astrophysicist Neil deGrasse Tyson. Uh, soon after he uh, saw the film, he took the Twitter and uh, kind of posted some fact, uh, some inconsistencies with physics and space uh, that he noticed in the film. Among his complaints were, and I want to kind of go back to the gravity story above uh, our Audible pick. One of his first complaint was why Sandra Bullock's character, a medical doctor, was servicing the Hubble Space Telescope. Oh, she was servicing it, all right. Oh, yeah. Why, why wasn't she making a sandwich like a woman should? <laughs> why was a woman in space to begin with? He overlooked okay. these things. I, I want to... I'm going okay. to... As a divorced guy, let me, let me say something here. <laughs> 
Hey, if it makes you feel any better, I made dinner and I did the okay. dishes tonight. Okay, the views of all the panel members on this podcast do not reflect the views of everybody else on this podcast. <laughs> 20 bucks says your door is closed, and if your wife could hear you, she'd kick your ass. No, I think, I think Matt's wife is used to comments such Boom. as that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm also 100% joking. My wife... <laughs> That's awesome, though. In a, in a funny, satirical way. Anyways, yes, hey, yes. so Sandra Bullock, she's in this movie called Gravity. Yeah. And uh, the, our first complaint was that she was a medical doctor servicing the Hubble Space Telescope. Now, going back to our Gravity book, if it was taken off of that premise, this would kind of explain why a brilliant physician would be in space if she was checking out this a uh, special project culturing these single-celled organisms found in the deep sea. I was okay, I was I I did a little bit of googling on this cuz I thought that this book might have been the, the inspiration or the rights to this book were bought for the movie, but I couldn't find anything. So, but maybe. Well, if that were the case that would at least explain it. Um why his next uh, gripe was why the Hubble the ISS and the Chinese space station were so close together in elevation. Yeah, that is kind of (laughs) ridiculous. Uh, Why when George Clooney's character releases Bullock's uh, tether, he drifts away when a single tug would bring them back together in zero-g. Zero-g is funny that way. Mm -hmm. Uh, Why Bullock's hair didn't float around as much in zero-g. And his last... uh, Oh, I'm sorry. His second to the last gripe... (laughs) Why all the debris in the movie uh, orbited east to west when nearly all satellites orbit the Earth west to east? This is this is the guy that um, got the globe to change direction spinning on the Daily Show, right? Neil. Well, it was uh, John Stewart knew that he was coming, and they actually did a special open at the end where he actually they actually filmed him spinning a globe the right direction, oh. an actual like globe that you would get okay. in a in a school <laughs> okay. uh, right. classroom. But didn't he also get like um, the stars on um, Titanic? They were yes. wrong, and they, James Cameron Ch- Cameron fixed them like when he re-released yes. the film. Yep. Okay. <laughs> uh, the last gripe he had: uh, why si- satellite communications were disrupted at 230 miles up. When most communication satellites orbit higher than that. Hmm. Interesting. He did go on to say that he enjoyed the movie, though, after that long list. Uh, and by the way, Gravity came first in the box office, despite Neil deGrasse Tyson's uh, overwhelming laundry list of crap things he didn't uh, like. And it made $55 million on its opening weekend. Yeah, you know, that's not that many... Uh things really when you think about it no it could be a lot worse you could because these big budget you know sci-fi films they get stuff wrong all the time this sounds like this is actually true to life well if this kind of thing would happen in space well uh sandra bullock did an interview on uh the daily show oddly enough and uh she talked about how when it was pitched to her they were going to be riding the vomit comet the, uh, the large plane that they do, you know, NASA, they, they get astronauts acclimated to zero-G. Uh, it's called the Vomit Comet because if you have problems with uh, with motion, <laughs> uh, you get sick a lot. 
and uh, it had been pitched to her that they would be riding in the Vomit Comet and doing their their acting in that to do the weightlessness. But at the last minute, like a week before they were going to start shooting, they had figured out another way to simulate the weightlessness without using the uh, using the plane, using the Vomit Comet. So but apparently, apparently the techniques used by the director, I forget his name, um, are pretty breakthrough. Like I was hearing, yeah. I heard uh, his buddy, they're both Hispanic, um, he did Pacific Rim. What's his name? Oh, Guillermo del Toro. Yeah. I remember an interview with him talking about this movie and about how the techniques were just breakthrough, like just amazing like stuff that's never been done before. Yep. But it doesn't make your hair float around in zero G. So yeah, no. Obviously not that good. Didn't they do? Uh, didn't they do um, Apollo thirteen or not Apollo thirteen? Apollo um, what was the one that got lost or they had the pro- Apollo eleven? Didn't they do the space scenes in Apollo eleven in the vomit comet? No, it was Apollo thirteen. No, mm-hmm. Apollo eleven or no? Yeah, thirteen. Yeah, you're right. Duh. Yeah, with Tom Hanks. Yeah, they did that in the vomit okay. comet. All right. <laughs> yeah, Apollo eleven was the first. <clears throat> the first one that was the successful one. Yeah. Definitely. Because <laughs> that was the whole thing. It was Unlucky 13, yeah. and they were expecting yeah. something to go wrong, for, and it for, did. For some reason, I was thinking that horror film, but that was Apollo 9, Apollo 18. 18, yeah. Okay. Was right. the crappy horror film. Okay. Uh, the executive producer of the movie Apollo 18's name is Matthew Stein. Wow. We didn't. I didn't know that you did films. I didn't know I did films either. Well, you better... Still waiting for my checks. Yeah, I get on that. <laughs> All right, so Neil deGrasse Tyson, you could call him nitpicky if you wanted to. And he, of course, is the one that got Pluto off the list of yep. planets in our yep. solar system. Yep, yep. All right, say, so, hey, you can listen to our podcast on Stitcher Smart Radio. It's an app that you install on your device, like a smartphone or a tablet, and then you can stream instead of downloading. You save your space on your device. Uh, go to Stitcher.com. If you're not signed up yet, if you're not a member yet, go to Stitcher.com slash Galactic Netcasts and enter the promo code Galactic Netcasts. And that shows uh, Stitcher that we're bringing people their way and we get a little, little something for the effort. If you have an iPhone or an Android phone or an ta- Android tablet or an iPad, iPad mini, um, any device that you can install apps, there is an app for Stitcher Smart Radio. We've got all of our shows on there and uh, a lot of other. Uh, one of the cool features, and I know Brad likes this as well, if there's breaking news, you can put it in your settings that you get updates, like little news stories sent to you that you can listen to. Yes. So check it out. Again, stitcher.com slash galactic netcasts. Enter that promo code. Galactic Netcast, and we thank Stitcher Smart Radio for their support of the Time Traveling Robots in Space podcast. All right, here we go with picks. This is the section of the show where we talk about something that we've watched or read or or listened to related to one of our three topics. And Brad, do you want to go first? Yeah, this actually um, deals with uh, alternate dimensions. Oh, cool. So um, <clears throat> this series uh, called uh, uh, Ex Mac- uh, Machina, sorry, Ex Machina, um, was a really well-received uh, 
critically acclaimed series, and it uh, deals with a alternate Earth where uh, only one of the towers went down, and the twin tower, uh, the nine eleven attacks. And there's dirigible, and there's dirigibles flying in the air, right? Uh, no, sadly, oh. there are no dirigibles uh, in this. Um, but uh, the character Mitchell Hundred <clears throat> is a civil engineer. And he uh, has an accident where a, a strange device that they find under a bridge uh, explodes and kind of embeds and grows circuitry in you know part of his face. And he finds out that he has the ability to control machines. He can actually speak their language. He physically actually speaks and he talks to machines. Whoa. Over the course of the series, and this is the tenth uh, trade paperback, but there were uh, oh, I can't remember if it went to a hundred issues or oh shoot, hang on, boy, I did a whole lot of prep work for this, didn't I? Yeah, because well, suck. you got through, you got through it at the last minute, so I understand. Uh, reprinting issues. Oh, it went to fifty issues. I'm sorry. So this is uh, issues forty-five through fifty. Um, by this point in time, we found out that there's an alternate universe, that there are people that actually control certain devices, like the device that embedded itself into Mitchell 100. There are actually two other types of devices that exist. And what, they, what these people are doing, actually, what these beings are doing, is they are actually trying to take over other Earths. Holy by using crap. this, the the device that embeds itself into Mitchell's head as the harbinger of that. And he kind of opens the gateway, or he, that particular device is supposed to kind of nudge him in a direction to open the gateway and bring others in that will actually help them take over the Earth. <clears throat> but uh, what ends up happening is something isn't quite isn't quite right, and he actually ends up getting into politics. <laughs> what? <laughs> that took a weird um, turn. Kind of. It kind of takes a weird turn. Um, it, it makes sense in a way, but uh, he's a very, very brilliant guy. The um, The circuitry embedded in his head doesn't, like, alter his intelligence or anything. It just gives him the ability to to speak to mechanical devices so he can speak to a smartphone he can actually <clears throat> tell a gun to jam i mean he actually speaks the language of machinery okay hence the ex machina as the name of the book got it when was um, when was it published it's published by uh dc vertigo oh when when was it? Oh, when? Uh, this wrapped up in the oh man, 2010 is when it wrapped up. Okay, it's fairly new. <clears throat> yeah, it's not uh, not that old at all. The uh, entire 50 issue run, and now I've got all 10 of the trade paperbacks, and uh, it's just really really good storytelling. Uh, the artist uh, Tony Harris actually worked originally with. Um, DC Comics doing Starman, which um, d deals with with space a little bit as well. So, um, 
just an all-around good series, and it does deal with alternate dimensions and what-ifs, and uh, you really kind of grow to like Mitchell, but you also come to realize that people weren't meant to have power. People weren't meant to have a level of control that that he was given. Yeah. And uh, things don't take a, a, a bright and cheery path as things go along in, okay. the, in the series. So right. um, well, worth the, well worth the read. All the trade paperbacks are, are out and available. Like I said, I finally got my 10th uh, and final one. Um, really good. Highly recommend it. I almost forget sometimes that there are these great stories that aren't necessarily like um, superhero that are comics, you know. He the 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 interesting thing about this, uh, I don't know if you're watching uh, Arrow at all. No. On uh-uh. CW, okay. No. This does flashbacks. There was a point after he had first gotten the circuitry embedded into him that he became a superhero called the Machine. Oh wow! Okay. And he created a jet, like a jet pack, mm-hmm. <laughs> and he had like a, you know, like a leather bomber jacket, and you know, kind of gear to help kind of protect him if something went wrong with the jet pack as he was flying, and he had some cushioning, um, and uh, he actually helped uh, with getting one of the jets away from the second tower. Oh wow! Yeah, that's pretty cool. So that September 11th was the was a defining moment for for him personally, and it was also kind of the day he started to realize that he really shouldn't be a superhero; he should be a politician. Okay, interesting. That is a, a lot of a lot of levels to that story. It seems a lot. Uh, Brian K. Vaughn, uh, who is the writer, he also wrote uh, "Why the Last Man." That sounds familiar. Why does that sound yeah, familiar? Yeah, it's a. It was optioned for a film. Basically, there's a, uh, genetic. There's a a virus that kills all the men on the planet except for this one guy. Oh yeah. And uh, no, it is. <laughs> you think it would be sexy? It is not. Not even remotely. <laughs> uh, women want to either kill him or, you know, like. Uh, there's really only two options here. Yeah, or breed him. Um, breed him. Yeah, he basically <laughs> becomes like a breeder. It's breeding stuff. Yes, but there, but there are some women that you know want to, you know, basically dissect him and gather all of his seed and oh. freeze that and uh, okay. you know make babies the uh, medical way. Got it. Opposed to the old-fashioned way. All so, right. okay, it's yeah. not sexy uh, at all. <laughs> all right, good to know. Yeah, there you go. All right, thank you, Brad. Great prick. Great prick. Yes! I have my pants on. Uh, thank you. Pick. Great pick. Thank Looking you. good, buddy. All right. Okay, my pick is a three-minute trailer for an unmade film. Are you confused yet? A little bit. All right. It's called uh, Keloid or Celoid. Or it's K-E-L-O-I-D. I believe Keloid. it's Keloid. Keloid. Thank you. Um, instead of producing a full-length film, a small visual effects studio in Barcelona called Big Lazy Robot, I love that name, uh, spent about two years putting together this three-minute spec film. It's essentially a trailer for a movie that doesn't exist. Uh, the story isn't really clear, 
but it seems a divided humanity comes together to fight their own artificial intelligence creation. So basically, it's the rise of the machines in this. Um, it's really cool looking. Uh, in the clip, hulking mechs face off against autonomous machines that resemble mannequins. Uh, the concept art behind the clip comes from Aaron Beck, who also worked on District 9 and Avatar. That's some pretty good credentials right there. Uh, While Big Lazy Robot's been involved in several projects in its short history, including an absolute vodka ad, um, the clip's already garnered garnered enough attention to get um, IM Entertainment, uh, EM Entertainment, on board to look into producing a full-length feature. That's according to The Hollywood Reporter. So I would highly recommend you check out this clip. It's like it wa- it makes you want like a whole full length film based on this this world and based on the effects they're using. The effects are awesome. I wonder if it's the uh, I think Absolute Vodka did the uh, Swedish House Mafia video with the uh, Greyhounds. I believe so. Yeah. Okay. They're like robotic Greyhounds, and it's a robotic like Greyhound race. Oh, I think I've seen that. I think. Yeah, it was it was kind of a big deal and uh, kind of a cool song if you dig techno. If you like uh, if you like mechs, uh, you guys know what mechs are, right? The, yep. Um, this is a, you'll like this clip a lot because it's basically it's 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 robots, it's people that are like um, that just wear armor, and then there's like um, cyborgs too in this. Like there's half human, half robotic things, and they're all fighting each other. It's pretty awesome. So again, it's called. Uh, how do you pronounce that, Matt? Keloid. How do you? How did you know that? You really want to know that answer? Yeah. Oh, it's something technology based, right? No, not at all. Oh. It's something medical based. Oh. Uh, a keloid, spelled the same way, is a mass of scar tissue that generally builds up around piercings, or say you get branded. Mm-hmm. All that scar tissue that builds up is referred to as a keloid. Okay. So that makes that that makes the the title make sense to the story now. Yep. Uh-huh. Did you know Did you know that just off the top of your head, or did you did you hear the word and want to look it up? Nope. I knew that uh, when I first stretched out my ears. I did it too fast, and I had keloiding on the back of my ear. Oh, okay. Wow. Look at that. <laughs> yep. Real life experience. <laughs> cool. All right. Let's stay on you, Matt. Uh, what's your pick? Um, because you gave me two days. I scrambled a little bit, but I came up with uh, there's a video game coming out called Star Citizen. Uh, it was started as a Kickstarter by the guy who made Wing Commander, and I don't know a ton. Like there's like stupid amounts of information about this game, and I only know about it from a guy I work with. But it fits your requirements of space. Um, it's essentially like an updated. Star, or excuse me, an updated Wing Commander uh, with more features. So you like, and, and let me go back a little bit. The game is not released. If you buy the game right now, all you can do is sit in your spaceship and like walk around in it. Like you can't fly it, you can't do anything. But that's, I think it's up to like twenty-one million dollars that it's raised through its Kickstarter. Oh, so uh, if you if you um, donate you'll be able to get access to just the spaceship right now? Essentially. Okay. So I think I paid like $40, and I get beta when it comes out, and then the game 
when it's released. But right now, all I can do is download what they call the hangar, and I can just sit in my spaceship and like walk around in it. But then when beta is <laughs> released, it's more towards what Wing Commander was, where you can actually like fly around and dogfight. Um, and it sounds like there's going to be actual like ground missions too, where you can land on a planet and like take over areas. And there's speculation that you can board other ships as well. This is a. It sounds like a cool game and a cool concept at the same time. The way they're doing it, they're just kind of gradually rolling it out. And as the game's developed and more money is raised, the more like options or the more you'll get to experience this universe. It's pretty cool. Yeah, and it's. Um, they haven't really said that they're for sure releasing it, which is kind of scary. Um, but I. They have said that once they hit twenty-three million dollars, they're gonna they're gonna stop taking money finally. Okay. But it was it's like most Kickstarters with stretch goals, where the more you raise, the more functionality they can put into it. Yeah. Um, but with twenty-three million dollars, a video game could pretty much do anything. Yeah. That's uh, that's really big right now. Indie game developers. There's the most interesting games are being developed by independent people. Oh, indie everything. I mean, you look at, this is going a little off topic, but music. Bands are no longer tied into record deals and are able to fund and produce and release and distribute their album all through the internet using Kickstarters. Yep. Yeah, that's what uh, Amanda Palmer does. Yeah, there's a number of CDs. Uh, I did one for a band called As Blood Runs Black. Uh, there's like some crazy like underground death metal bands are doing stuff like that. Uh, the band Misery Signals from Milwaukee. Uh, it, it's pretty common these days, but it's impressive. You can just connect directly with your audience without having to go through a medium. Yep, exactly. I mean, they're, everybody's doing this. Look at podcasting. Exactly. Yeah. What's podcasting? <laughs> I don't know. We'll have to look it up. You Google it. Okay. <laughs> so uh, does it take place in our universe, or is it like somewhere else in the galaxy? Um... I don't know if it's top of my head. I don't know if they ever really defined exactly where it takes place other than in space. Okay. Um, like I said, I, I probably should have done a little more research on this, uh, but it doesn't sound like there's different races. Like you're not on this team or that team. It might be just like you have your ship and you have your crew and you can choose to fight or... Align or align yourself with anyone that you come encounter with. Okay. So it's not like uh, some MMOs where it's like you're this nationality, so all of these people are on your side, and then you are set out to fight these people and these people. Okay. So you can kind of form it on your own. Cool. Yeah, it's all we. It's we need less. We need less divide lines being drawn. We need to. We need to. Uh, I don't know what I'm trying to do here. <laughs> Stick it to the man. That's what it is. Sticking it to the man. Yes. All right. Cool. Is that is that it? Is that all you want to say about it? Yeah. Like I said, um, there isn't. I didn't do a ton of research, but there is really no shortage of information. There's already a wiki page. Oh. Uh, you can go to the the link I added. It's for some reason it's considered Roberts Space Industries. I think that's like the company in, in game or whatever. That's yeah. what they advertise under. But there's videos and. I mean, you can pay $30 to get the game, or you can pay 5000 and get, like, seven spaceships right out of the gate. Wow, that's cool. And if you want to, if you really are bored, you can go on YouTube, and there's, like, a video of a guy showing 
it's like an MTV Cribs of his ship. And you <laughs> can awesome. actually flush the toilet in your spaceship. Oh, cool. <clears throat> that, that, that's what $20 million will get you. This, this, sounds, this sounds pretty <laughs> pimp. So if you're, yeah. if, if you're interested, then, uh, yeah, we'll have the link in the show notes of the podcast. Or just Google it. You'll find it. Star Citizen. Yeah. All right. So that's going to do it for the picks for the week. Uh, before we move on to the question of the week, uh, don't forget you can subscribe to this podcast by going to either iTunes. You can go to subscribe.galacticnetcasts.com or uh, we're also on Stitcher. And the link to that is on our main page at galacticnetcasts.com. Also, we're on Facebook, Twitter, and Google+. Plus. So just search for Galactic Netcasts and you'll find us there. All right. So... You guys ready for the question of the week? Sure. I actually What? There's a question. Yes. I actually don't, I actually don't have an answer to my own question. So, I'll let you guys answer first and then I'll I'll uh, I'll wrap it up with I'll come up with one. So, here it is. If you could have your very own spaceship, what would it look like and what would you name it? So, Matt, what's what what's your answer? Uh, my my answer is that it would look awesome. And it would be called USS the Balls. <laughs> as you can see, I don't put as much thought and effort into no, this but as it, you but guys. It's, but, but it's totally you. It's it's that's oh, yeah. that's the answer that I expected. <laughs> and the replicators just only make beer. Yes. Sure. I don't. What's a replicator? It's uh, you uh, make things out of nothing. They had them on Star Trek. <laughs> I think. I think Brad just died a little inside when I asked that. So what's this, this fat ass he asking dumb questions for? <laughs> Keep drinking Shut your up. beer. <laughs> I'm, I'm close to done. See, I, can, I consider oh. whenever we have Matt on our podcast or any time that we do the Sci-Fi Film School, I consider this the education of Matt Stein. Like I, <laughs> It's my goal to make Matt more of a geek, more of a into this kind of stuff. So this is just, this is satisfying for me when he learns something new. Sisyphean task. Yes. Whatever that Sisyphean means. Sisyphean task. I, whatever. <laughs> Shut up, Brad. <laughs> I get that a lot. Okay. Brad, what's your answer? <laughs> um, you know, I'm thinking it would be a kind of a hybrid between a flying saucer and having like the engines of the Y-Wing just because I, I kind of like how, you know, you got the long, those longish engines. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, dude, I have that in my head now. That would be a yeah. cool looking ship. Okay. Yeah. And uh, it would be called the Intrepid because I wanted something um, slightly pretentious to name my ship. Yeah, you have to. I mean, you either have to name it something just, you know. Or um, call it the SS pretentious whatever <laughs> that's even better i like that okay so i'm gonna go with you know a fighter bomber like fighter bombers they're like they're bigger than a fighter jet but not as big as a bomber mm -hmm. so i'm thinking something like a viper from battlestar galactica but bigger with like the the cockpit on top where you fly it and then underneath, there's actually, like, not living quarters, but you can, like, have other crew members underneath. So kind of that configuration, but bigger. That's, that's, the, that's the, the shape. That's the kind of ship that I want. Yeah, my, my saucer hybrid thing would be, like, an intergalactic RV. It would have, you know, yeah. sleeping quarters and 
a really crappy shower and of course yes yes um of course it would have like um storage area cargo area because if you're gonna place for my comic books because i need girl repellent or or you're gonna smuggle you need to put some place to smuggle your stuff in you know (laughs) (laughs) or or if you get uh if you get sucked in by uh the death star you need a place to hide from the stormtroopers I'm just thinking if I have Matt in the ship with me, then we got room for all the beer. Yeah. What does me being there have to do with added room for beer? Well, because I said I was going to use storage for comic books. Oh. Well, what we can do is we can just make, we can have like a sidecar, like a motorcycle, little buggy. (laughs) But we'll have a sidecar for beer and comic books. There we go. (laughs) <laughs> I would read comic books if I was drinking, and that and that way, and that way, when you pick up the space girls, they won't even know. They will, they'd be none the wiser because because it wouldn't be on board the ship, right? It'd be like a sidecar. You'd have to access it through. You have to put your. No, that would be too hard because you'd want your. You'd want. There's your, a lot going on there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I don't know what my name of my the name of my ship would be. Um, maybe USS I, Dad. Shut up. <laughs> You're going to bed, mister. <laughs> I'm waiting for this to end so I can go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> I have a That was our prom tomorrow. theme. Waiting for this to end so I can go to bed. <laughs> uh, I think I would put like have it a like a, a nonsense name, like a maybe uh Eagle twenty you know, like a, a like a word and a number together kind of thing. But I, I haven't the USS figured out. breasts and thighs for your love of chicken. I love me some chicken. The USS breasts and thighs sixty nine. Yeah! <laughs> Woo! Uh. <laughs> this is the most over the top podcast I think we've done. Probably. Yeah. All right. So if you want to answer the question of the week, uh, please leave us feedback. Galacticnetcasts at gmail You can also call our voicemail number, which is. 805-328-3966. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes or um, that Stisher thing. <laughs> <laughs> that thing we talked about that one time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and before, uh, what, what, how we usually close out these podcasts, both of you have been on these shows before. So uh, final thoughts. But before I ask you for your final thoughts, I have one. I wanted to let you guys know that I am going ghost hunting tomorrow. Oh, you bitch! Yeah, that's. I really want to do that. It's not all that exciting. No, no one prob- asked you. Yeah, probably won't be. Uh, we're actually ghost hunting. We're investigating my office, like my our the radio station, because we we have um, we've had some incidents, some serious incidents. Like p- people have seen ghosts, and and things have moved around. Yeah, you're gonna have oh. some. If they're gonna pull out the Gauss meter, you're gonna have some weird readings anyway, because you're. Yeah. Yeah, you've got RF equipment in yeah, there. Yeah, I, I totally expect that, and I'm going to tell them too. I'm going to tell them that your the readings are not going to be accurate because of all these wires and electricity. So that said, if they if they're reading an area like that you're in quite often and it's uh, above 0.03 or 0.3 milligauss, that will actually back in the day the U.S. military tested long-term exposure of uh, electromagnetism. Uh, you know, just like with research of uh, nuclear weapons and, you know, the big electromagnetic pulse that would be generated and whatnot. And actually, if a human brain is exposed to more than, I was like point, 
gosh, I got my numbers all screwed up now. I don't remember, but it was like three. It was either 0.3 or 0.03 or three milligauss for an extended period of time. You'll hallucinate. Oh, sweet. So that's that's the, that could be a reason for somebody thinking that they see a ghost. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. So uh, that's my final thought. Let's go around the room here. Um, who wants to be Paul? Because Paul Paul says the same. Paul goes last. Okay. So Matt, since Matt doesn't really know what Paul's deal is. I'll... Oh, I know what Paul's deal is. Oh, okay. But Trust don't, me. Don't, don't say it yet. Don't say it yet. I'm not going to. Okay. But yes. Anyways. Okay. So. <laughs> Brad, uh, what's your final thought there, buddy? Uh, wow, I'm totally, totally unprepared. Well, if you don't have anything prepared, do you want to be Paul? Uh, no one wants to be Paul. <laughs> Paul doesn't want to be Paul. I think we established that all oh, Paul likes being Paul. Yes, Paul. Oh, I want to be Paul. Yeah, I want to be secretly. Paul too. Yeah, he lives in California. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Uh, my final thought is I totally want to go on a space road trip with, with Matt Stein with beer and comic books. Oh, that'd be the best. I get really gassy, so I don't know if you really want that. I, I farted yesterday, so be, and it smelled be like fine. It'll popcorn. be a contest. That's what we'll power the ship <sighs> with. He's like siphon out the methane, and we'll it, be good. Who It'll need, be fine. Who needs a, a warp core when you have Matt Stein farting? Bam! It'll be a contest to see who passes the most gas. So this uh, is a contest that I want to be a part of. <laughs> and you don't even have to go into space for that. You can do it anywhere. That's true. I I smell a party coming. You both live in Wisconsin. You, you totally would smell that party coming. <laughs> <laughs> Why does it smell like burning tires? Oh, uh, Brad and Brad Ludwig and Matt Stein got together. <laughs> burning tires and swamp gas. Yeah. What's going on there? <laughs> All right, Matt. What's your final thought? I would like to quote Ron Swanson when I say, "I'm a simple man. I like dark-haired women and breakfast food." All right. Uh, on that note, I will be Paul Spickard, and I will say, "Be excellent to each other." So um, we'll talk to you guys later. 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 Leave your hailing frequencies open and scanners on full because another Galactic Netcast will be approaching your coordinates soon. For more information, go to galacticnetcasts.com.